Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording the speakers at our meetings because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, please take a moment to rate our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. It will help others find the show. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. I wanted to take a minute to note that after starting this podcast four years ago, it's time for someone else to take over, so you'll be hearing a different voice in future episodes. I wanted to thank everyone who shared the podcast with their fellows. Thanks to your efforts, the podcast has been downloaded more than half a million times in more than 50 countries. Also, a big thanks to the many members of the Tuesday Toolbox meeting in Brooklyn who agreed to let their shares be recorded and put online. Your generosity took a lot of courage, and I know from the emails we get that your words helped a lot of people. This week, we're hearing from Caitlin, who spoke about using the tool of awareness in her recovery. Please enjoy. I'll have a 10, a 5, and a 1. Thank you. Um, Hi, everybody. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I just am grateful for, like, my own response to getting here late, like, and I didn't feel any, like, self-criticism, and I just, like, really (laughs) noticed it. the tool I want to talk about is awareness. So it's like being aware of that is kind of just like beholding a small miracle for me at least. Um, it was just like, okay, the train stalled. We'll just let them know and, and see what happens. <laughs> like, um, that is not the way I responded to myself internally before coming to ACA and definitely like before engaging with the literature and showing up at meetings and working the steps. Um, So the passage I want to read is on page 580 in kind of like the section where they summarize sharing. Um, We also became aware of denial and its various forms during the first year of sharing or talking in meetings. ACA denial can involve blaming, minimizing, and rejection of facts. We also are in denial when we sanitize an episode of our lives by downplaying certain facts of a painful incident. In ACA, we face our denial about our parents' addiction or other dysfunction. We face our own behavior as well. The best way to face the denial is to read ACA literature and detail how you were treated as a child. We name what happened to us and claim what happened to us. As we attend ACA meetings regularly, we become aware of the hurt, blame, and shame. We talk about these experiences and feelings out loud to the people at the meetings. During the first year in recovery, we can also ask someone to sponsor us and begin to talk about what happened. We begin to work the steps and attend ACA meetings on a regular basis 
We learn about the inner child and inner critical parent. We begin our search for a higher power as well. Um, just wanted to read that paragraph because it like is concrete. And when I came into ACA, I kind of was frustrated for like concrete tools. Like when people said, feel your feelings, I was like, I don't know what that means. Like I need some specifics. And then people talked about like, oh, I listened to songs that I listened to when I was a kid. And then I let myself respond however that is, or I watch a movie and if I start crying, I let myself keep crying. And then maybe I journal about it. So it was like refreshing to come into this program and hear people share about things I had heard kind of like suggested to me over the years through fellows in other recovery programs, through counselors, but not really know like how to do that. Um, and so like when I came to ACA, I came in on a relationship bottom like in so much incredible demoralizing pain um the relationship was like so i i had been in al-anon for about eight years and sober from an aa for five years and then i came out as as queer but at the time it was just like capital L lesbian because I think I needed to just like break out of the heteronormative box all the way to the other end which is like whatever it's what I need to do and it was my first relationship with a queer person with a woman and I um and it was my first sober relationship and every like it, it only it lasted for nine months and when it ended like I just want, I, I like, I didn't know. I wanted to die, and, but I didn't want to die. It's like, I wanted to die, but I like just, I was, I almost like, I didn't really want to die. I wanted to just be able to do it. <laughs> um, I wanted to be able to make it work so desperately. And I knew, like I had this moment, and it was like, because I had work steps in other programs, where I actually named, and I don't know where this vocabulary came from, my Al-Anon sponsor had gotten the yellow workbook and had been like reading me passages of it. And when she read me a passage of it, I would be like, I can't handle how true that is right now. I wanna keep trying to save the relationship. And so like, she would try to like read me ACA stuff and I was still, thanks, I see the 10. And I was still intent on saving the relationship that like my gut and my true self knew was a sinking ship. But I was just like, nope, I gotta, I, I like, and I didn't even realize I was using all the laundry list. I was just using all of the stuff that I, you know, like knew, knew how to do from growing up in a dysfunctional home, which I didn't even know that I was doing. Um, and it wasn't until, and, and, but then I was in so much pain in that process. That was almost worse than the relationship ending because I was so fragmented from myself. Um, and then I had this like moment where I remember like, you know, I had a, a sixth and seventh step practice, right? Where I had like done inventories and in other programs and I would pray to have certain defects removed. Um, and I remember saying, please remove my fear of abandonment. And it was like the first time I had used that phrase in a request to my higher power. And I, I used to roll my eyes at that phrase. I thought it was like corny and like 
90s pop psychology cliche like that didn't apply to me because I was unique and then didn't I didn't suffer from a fear of abandonment whatever that was like but I when I said that um literally she broke up with me like two days later <laughs> and it was like it was the answer to my prayer and it was just like oh my god like I just I didn't and so I came into ACA like already grieving, but like very ready to start working everything. And I found a fellow traveler who had just come out of a breakup as well. And like, we just clung to each other and like met and read the big red book. I went to like meetings on my lunch break and I started to just listen and and I started to hear other people share about these childhood experiences and connect the feelings I was feeling with those stories that other people were saying. And so it was the beginning of that that really was the beginning of my ACA recovery. And, and I didn't think that I was in denial um, because I had done all this other step work. But when I like really think about the definition of denial from what we just read, it's like I minimized it. I sanitized it. I didn't really like allow it to be as bad, you know, as it wasn't bad enough for me to like have these feelings about it. There was a disconnect. There was a self rejection or a self criticism for how I was responding to my own memories of my childhood until I started hearing about like how it could be constructively detailed and claimed in like ACA. Um, so it's like interesting, like when I was telling my friend that I was like sharing for Tuesday Toolbox and I'm like nervous about it. And like the format is usually they talk about their history. And then and I was like, but every time I talk about my history in an ACA meeting, it's like a new story because it's like the more awareness I have, the more I'm like, oh yeah, like I can just sit and name it. Like, yeah, both my parents are alcoholics. My dad was also a crack addict. My mom was definitely an Alan, like all these like little like labels that it's just, it's now like just facts, but before it wasn't though, it like, it was all very like vague and confusing. And I was like, am I allowed to say that? Is that taking their inventory? And it's like, yes, it is taking their inventory. That's what we do here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, we take a more searching and fearless moral inventory of our parents because in essence we had become them. Um, and that was like a new, way of looking at things for me like I didn't let myself do that because of the other really because of the messaging from other recovery programs which served me at the time actually I do believe that that is like true like I, I couldn't handle that um, until I was until I was ready to come here and like really really like give myself the safety and permission to feel the feelings which was a pretty gnarly process um, and like and still happening you know but just not as like scary um, so I guess like I don't know like my um, I don't know what what parts of my story to like highlight right now um, but I, I grew up I grew up in a home like trying to squeeze love out of people who could not give it. Um, and what love, thanks, I see five. Um, the definition of love 
which I didn't really read. It's in the Big Red book. It's like, it's like a warm feeling, um, peace and like ease in the body and in the limbs. And I remember reading that and I was like, that is not my understanding of love. Like love is like basically fear. <laughs> like it's like heart racing and like head a little bit tight and like this kind of like amped up experience. Um, and it's because like my mother would verbally, physically, and um, like abuse me. And then my dad would turn and say, your mother loves you very much. She just doesn't know how to show it. And then it was like this strange dynamic that I had where I, I had to be the one to understand her from a very young age. And also with my dad, he was the one that was going to protect me from her, even though he didn't consistently, but I thought that I needed to take care of him in order to make sure that he needed me enough for, so that was like, so I recreated that dynamic in all of my adult relationships and I still will like, and I still will automatically without kind of the awareness that I'm like talking about and like have capacity for like, I have, I have this crush on this person right now and it's like such a different experience to have the awareness and go through this because I can like see what's all of the baggage and I deal with it. Like, and then I just see this other new thing that's good and the whole time is just the like affirmation of myself. Like at the end of the day, I just like come back and I'm just like, it is human and good to like somebody. It is human and good to be excited. It's human and good to want to call somebody. Like, all these just, like, very simple affirmations um, help me. Like, that's part of my awareness, right? It's like, and I only knew how to do that, too, from listening to other people in ACA meetings share about talking to themselves that way. Um, and just, like, to bring it back to, like, being late on the train, like, I don't know when I adopted baby girl as my name for myself, but <laughs> I have. And like, so instead of just, it was just like, it's okay, baby girl. Like we're just getting, so there's this, this voice that's been this rewritten, the, the critical voice. And, um, and I hear myself saying, I'm so proud of you, like a lot. Like, I'm just like, I'm so proud of you. I am so fucking proud of you. Like that you are just like, showing up for your life and like living it fully and like seeking wholeness like that's really what that is what I want and I forget that I want that mm. like but my true self my my inner child my <sighs> integrated person or whatever I want to call it like really just wants to be able to be whole and to like have a human experience without punishment or fear or blame or or denial like or just hiding any of it um and so like yeah I'm just I'm grateful that I can be of service and share that and not tie it up in a bow because now I see one minute and I think I'll just leave it there and I look forward to hearing everybody else's recovery as well. Thank you.